The Capital Ideas Podcast now has a new monthly edition hosted by Capital Group CEO Mike Gitlin. Investment professionals reveal their best mentors, how they find their next great idea, and a few funny stories. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. American Funds Distributors, Inc. What could you do if your data was working for you and not against you? With Bloomberg delivering enterprise data directly to your systems, you get easy access to the details you want, optimized for higher level analysis, and financial data experts committed to helping you maximize your every move. Our data is made for more, so you can show the world what you're made of. Visit Bloomberg.com slash enterprise data to learn more. Good morning, it's Thursday the 10th of August here in London. This is the Bloomberg Daybreak Europe podcast. I'm Caroline Hepke. And I'm Valerie Titel. Coming up today, drugs maker Novo Nordisk gets a big boost from its breakthrough weight loss drug. The House of Mouse strikes it rich and announces a massive hike to streaming prices. And in Ecuador, a 60-day state of emergency has been declared in response to the assassination of a presidential candidate. Let's start with a roundup of our top stories. Drug giant Novo Nordisk expects significant sales growth in the next year as demand surges for its breakthrough weight loss drug. Europe's second most valuable firm says that appetite for the drug is so strong that they could struggle to keep up with demand in the short term. Bloomberg's Copenhagen bureau chief Kristen Weinberg says the company's biggest challenge is market expectations. Once you start becoming a, a big hit, then the expectations to your performance uh, rise. And you can see that also today that it's hard for Novo Nordisk to get investors ex- excited with uh, even with, with raising its, its forecast. Bear in mind the stock did rise 17% the other day when they announced the heart benefit results from the trial on, on the weight loss drug. Christian Weinberg added that the firm's weight loss treatments have sparked a gold rush in the pharma industry. Analysts predict that the class of drugs could become a massive earner for the sector. European natural gas prices have edged down today after hitting the highest level since March of last year. The 28% spike yesterday followed news that LNG workers in Australia voted to strike, potentially disrupting as much as 10% of global supplies. The volatility also comes as the CEO of the utility giant E.ON warned that Europe's market is still vulnerable. Here's what Leonard Birnbaum told Bloomberg. We have to be clear that the change, the structural change due to the Russian war against Ukraine and the dropout of Russian gas for supply of Europe is going to stay and therefore the crisis is not over and we we have to do our part to make sure that we stabilize the situation as much as we can in Europe. That warning from the CEO of E.ON comes as European and UK natural gas prices remain significantly lower than they were last year. The Dutch TTF benchmark a futures contract has dropped by 50% this year. A strike by writers and actors has helped to slice $3 billion off Disney's spending on films and television shows. The world's largest entertainment company now plans to allocate $27 billion to content this year. Speaking to investors, Disney's CEO Bob Iger focused heavily on cost-cutting. In the eight months since I returned, we've undertaken an unprecedented transformation at Disney, and this quarter's earnings reflect some of what we have accomplished. The company was completely restructured, restoring creativity to the center of our business. We aggressively reduced costs across the enterprise and were on track to exceed our initial goal of $5.5 billion in savings. 
Disney's quest to reduce costs comes as the company also announced it's raising prices for some of its streaming subscriptions by as much as 27%. It's the second price increase for Disney Plus in less than a year. Now, uh, those are a few of our top stories this morning. Let's cross over to Bloomberg Television, who are speaking to Nova Nordisk's CEO, Lars Frigard Jürgsen. Have a listen. Uh, I'm not concerned at all. This is a really unique opportunity for Nordisk. We have seen a tremendous uh, willingness to uh, to use uh, our, our obesity medicine, uh, not least in the US, but also in Europe, where we have launched. We have this week uh, announced a set of really attractive cardiovascular data, not yet in the label, so we cannot promote them. So this is just going to push the demand even bigger. And uh, we want to make sure that patients who uh, start on treatment can stay on treatment. So we will uh, keep restricting a bit the starter doses in the U.S. to make sure that patients can have a good experience and titrate up to the maintenance dose. But we have all dose strengths available in the U.S. We are increasing manufacturing. So this is indeed a very, very positive outlook. So what are you telling me? Shorter term, we could have more shortages, but then in the longer term, it'll be easier. Again, at what point do you anticipate to be able to meet demand fully? Well, we uh, have guided uh, over the past quarters that we are expanding our manufacturing. We have new lines uh, coming in. Uh, we have extra lines starting this year being ramped up. Uh, we have uh, more lines coming coming in. So we'll constantly uh, keep growing. If you look at our financial reports uh, from, from this quarter, you can see a massive growth in the GLP-1-based products. Uh, growing, you know, 50, 100, 200, 300 percent. So volumes are going up significantly. Now, I don't know how demand will develop. Uh, it looks like it will develop very strongly also because of our latest data. Uh, so we cannot tell exactly when we'll be able to meet demand uh, because we know, don't know what that demand is. But I can tell you that we'll be increasing manufacturing and this is going to drive growth uh, of Norway also in the coming quarters. Affordability, of course, is a huge, huge issue for patients and will be coming even more so if insurers start looking at covering some of these drugs. How do you justify charging four times as much in the U.S. as you do in Germany? Well, uh, you have to factor in that in the U.S., uh, rebates are also being paid, uh, so, so the prices you look to are, are different in real, uh, real world. Uh, we are launching in the U.S. and supplies are going to the U.S. Uh, to a large degree right now. We just came out with a strong cardiovascular protective uh, profile to be added to the label, uh, we expect. Uh, so I think the value of obesity care is uh, being established these, uh, these years. Uh, and uh, most of our patients in the U.S. are on, on insurance schemes and they have a, a very low copay uh, individually. Are you seeing a shift in payer attitudes given the profiles of these drugs? Do you think they'll really catch up into other jurisdictions as well? Well, we have seen uh, in the U.S. where we launched first a high willingness among payers to uh, adopt anti-obesity medicine when you get to the weight loss profile like, uh, like we bring. Um, in Europe, it's still to a lower degree reimbursed, and that's why it's important that we now have uh, the prospects of uh, adding the cardiovascular safety to the label. Uh, and I, I believe that treating obesity is going to be one of the uh, healthcare interventions that's going to have the strongest return in terms of preventing diabetes, cardiovascular disease, and number of cancers. There are more than 200 comorbidities linked to obesity. So yes, I do believe that for, for payers, this is going to be a very attractive proposition, uh, and uh, increasingly, increasingly so with the latest data we have reported.
Uh, when do you expect to launch Vagovi in the UK and what's holding it back right now? We have uh, launched in a few markets. In each and every market we have seen a very, very steep uptake. Uh, so continuity of care is important for us. Uh, so we will gradually be rolling out uh, also outside of the US. We have uh, recently launched uh, in, in Germany, Germany, which is a, a focused launch because there was, was a window of opportunity there to make a, a special obesity program. And we'll gradually be uh, going to, to other markets in, in similar fashions. Uh, I cannot uh, comment on those exact launch dates, unfortunately. But if you look at some of the questions and, you know, some investors are spooked by some of the data indicating, uh, for example, that most people that, that stopped taking GLP-1 drugs within the first year of treatment then revert back to what they had before. Like, how long do you recommend people stay on these drugs for? What we see is uh, that... Uh the latest uh, product, uh, semaglutide-based product, uh, actually brings significantly higher weight loss than what has been seen in the past. And I think some of those uh, prior reports has been uh, studied, uh, of you know, data studied before uh, Wegovi was 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 launched. So I think it's really important to uh, acknowledge that obesity is a chronic uh, d disease. Uh, we see that uh, being on treatment reduces. Uh, cardiovascular disease when you use a product like uh, semaglutide uh, 2.4 milligram um, and patients should really stay on that treatment to have the benefit and you are preventing uh, other comorbidities that would otherwise have led to you being on chronic treatment uh, for those uh, conditions. So this is a long-term uh, understanding of obesity being a disease, the value of being on treatment mm -hmm. and then the value for the individual patient but also healthcare systems. Uh, so I think there's going to be a tremendous value case for the individual patient but also for healthcare yeah. society by being on treatment uh, for, for, for years. Mr. Furgar, I mean, it's really incredible how this has captured the imagination of A-lister celebrities, Hollywood, Elon Musk was also tweeting about some of these drugs. Is that daunting that you could almost have a trial by, by tweet or you know, a trial by TikTok if something were to happen and go wrong? I think the, the key thing here is that we are approaching a time where around uh, a billion people live with obesity. And this is something that impacts individual a lot. And so for the first time, we see that there's advent of efficacious medicine to, to treat that. And when you have lived with obesity for, for years, many uh, significant part of their life, and have tried a lot of things to mitigate that, and now then there's an opportunity to, to reverse that, that creates a lot of excitement, a lot of hope. And that is what drives the demand that we are we are working hard to fulfill. And that's a huge opportunity for, for the individual living with obesity, uh, for society, as I mentioned, and obviously also for a company like Novo Nordisk, who has spent uh, a quarter of our life, uh, you know, turning 100 years this year, so we spent more than 25 years researching and developing products in, in obesity at a time when nobody felt that that was possible. But we kept at it, and now we see uh, an inflection point that is really, really exciting for patients and uh, the future growth of Novo Nordisk. 
The Capital Ideas Podcast now has a new monthly edition hosted by Capital Group CEO Mike Gitlin. Investment professionals reveal their best mentors, how they find their next great idea, and a few funny stories. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. American Funds Distributors, Inc. Hi, I'm Ron Krzyzewski, Chairman and CEO of Stiefel. Financial Advisors, if you're not growing your practice, you're losing market share. Stiefel is a growing, entrepreneurial, advisor-centric firm built for successful advisors like you. Imagine having the resources of the largest wirehouses and the support of the boutique shops, but none of the bureaucracy to get in the way of you serving your clients. At Stiefel, it's your business, your book, your clients. I always tell the advisors we're recruiting, I want you to come to Stiefel and double or triple your business. Most of them laugh and shake their heads, but I'm serious. Don't take it from me. Take it from Stiefel's number one finish in J.D. Power's 2023 U.S. Financial Advisor Satisfaction Study. So, there's a reason why 148 financial advisors joined Stiefel last year. Come join us and find out why Stiefel is the firm where success meets success. Visit www.choosestifel.com. Stiefel Nicholas and Company Incorporated, member SIPC and NYSE. Nova Nordisk CEO there, speaking to our colleague uh, Bloomberg's Francine Lacroix on Bloomberg TV, of course, the CEO Lars uh, Fregard Jorgensen, uh, talking about Nova Nordisk's second quarter sales. I mean, very interesting. Nova Nordisk in the last two years, you know, has shot to be an absolute behemoth in terms of the European market. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, their market cap is bigger than the whole uh, Danish GDP. And so we got quite a number of questions from um, from uh, uh, from Francine, of course, about how the company actually meets demand for these weight loss products. That actually, a lot of a lot of questions about uh, you know their ability to supply this this big demand that we've seen. But those shares up seventeen, sorry, up nineteen percent so far this week. It sure has attracted a lot of attention from market players. Yeah, absolutely, Ozempic and WeGovy. So uh, you heard that CEO interview here on Bloomberg. Valerie Titel, though, a moment to focus on the US CPI data that we get. Out. I mean, still quite a long way um, before the next Fed decision on the 20th of September, but very important for markets today. Your thoughts? Always an important day for markets. CPI day known as the one of the most volatile trading days of the month. But what we have in store for us, if we get these consensus estimates, is good news for the Fed. Uh, the market's attention is a lot going to be on uh, the core print, uh, as expected. The core month-on-month print especially expected to come in again at 0.2%. And I want to note this out specifically because if we continually get 0.2s month on month for core CPI, that means inflation will trend down annually to to the Fed's inflation target of 2%. So it would be great news if we see that today. And if we do expect the Fed members to come out, sound more dovish and really stick their neck out there and call for a pause in September. Um, Yeah. What about the other issue, though? You know, again, inflation, but more from the ECB and Bank of England perspective, the natural gas price spike that we saw yesterday, yes, it's eased off a little bit today, Mm. but it's again kind of raised the temperature in uh, the energy markets. Um, What how much of a concern do you think that's going to be for central banks in terms of inflation coming? It's, it definitely caught many people's attention, especially because it comes in this backdrop of, of crude prices coming at a nine-month high. So a resurgence of energy prices, maybe a bit more of a headache for the ECB because they really can't stand by and see another energy price shock uh, hit the European economy. And it could possibly tempt them to hike again in September if we do see an extended price rise in European nat gas. But I want to caveat it with two things. Caroline, one being 
natural gas storage in Europe is running near 100%. We're not really having the problems that we were uh, last year uh, uh, during the, the Russia-Ukraine tensions when storage wasn't that high. So storage is in a good spot. And then we also have a very good goods disinflation impulse coming out of China. Uh, that should also help in terms of uh, uh, preventing an energy price shock from really uh, hitting us hard like it did uh, earlier last year. Yeah, absolutely. Now, let's go to a significant political story today. One of Ecuador's most prominent journalists and a candidate in the presidential election on the 20th of August has been assassinated. Fernando Villavicencio, who was known for his crusade against corruption, was killed after a campaign event in the capital city, Quito. Let's speak to our colleague, uh, Bloomberg's Tom McKenzie, has been looking into this story for <laughs> us. Good morning, Tom. Um, mm. Violence absolutely soared in Ecuador uh, due to the drugs trade. Um, this candidates very well known in Ecuador was supposed to be under police protection and indeed indeed he was and he was aware of the risks which really just points to the brave nature of this man in terms of taking on the attempts to become a candidate indeed he was a candidate amongst eight of course running for the presidency of Ecuador in fact I can quote from him in a recent interview he said although they threatened me and he was referring to the drug cartels with the mafia you don't make deals he did have uh, police protection and in fact there was a shootout between his protection detail and the assassins we've heard from the president of Ecuador Guillermo Lasso who said that one suspect was killed, nine were wounded, and six uh, suspects were arrested. Uh, as you say, uh, Via Vicencio became a household name through his reporting, his brave reporting in recent years on corruption scandals in that country and the plight at the hands of the criminal gangs focused, of course, on the drugs trade. And it was that platform that allowed him to run. He was gaining, according to the polls, about 13.5%, between 13 and 14% when he was polled. He was the second most popular candidate, so significant in terms of that presidential election, of course, on an individual level for him and his family, but also for the politics of this country. And, and with the elections in Ecuador under two weeks away, what does this mean for Ecuador's democracy? Well, the context is this is a country that's gone from being relatively peaceful, sandwiched as it is between Colombia and Peru, to one that has been riven now by drug gangs and cartels focused on the cocaine trade. Part of the reason is because it has port access and these cartels use those ports to ship the cocaine out to their markets in Europe and the US and Ecuador has fallen victim to that. In terms of the presidential campaign, we've heard from some of the other leading candidates who've suspended their campaigns, at least temporarily. A state of emergency has been imposed by the current president, a 60-day state of emergency. Uh, Guillermo Lasso saying that the military have been put on high alert. There is a concern, or at least there's an expectation from some analysts, that maybe voters now will move closer to hardline candidates. And we've seen the popularity of some leaders for example, the leader of El Salvador, mm. Nayib Bukele, who's taken a very hard line, rounding up thousands of gang suspects. There are candidates who espouse similar views to that, and potentially voters could move in that direction. But clearly, the ramifications, the implications yeah. uh, for this election remain relatively unknown now. There is a 60-day state of emergency. Collaborate for a greener future at the Bloomberg Green Festival, a groundbreaking celebration of the thinkers, doers, and innovators leading the way. From design and culture to technology, science, and entertainment. Hear from inspirational speakers and immerse yourself in climate solutions, July 10th through 13th in Seattle. 
Title sponsor, Amazon. Official airline, Alaska Airlines. Get 20% off using promo code RADIO20 at BloombergLive.com slash Green Festival.